The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Derek Ray here, joined by the two Robbies, Messers, Musto and Earl. The big one today, no doubt about it, Chelsea against Arsenal. Mm. Robbie Earl, first of all, it's interesting. Not so long ago, Frank Lampard and Mikel Arteta were going head-to-head in midfield for their Mm. respective sides, charged with taking their teams through a transitional phase. Mm -hmm. How are they doing so far? Chelsea, first of all. Well, let let me just start with Liverpool, by the way, because they've just made both jobs harder. The the quality and and performances that they're doing at the top of the league, meaning that these These two rookie managers have got a lot of work to do. Now, from Chelsea's point of view with Frank, they're eight points worse off than they were last season. But there seems to be more optimism around the football club. And I think in the main, because he's gone for for youth policy, which I like, it means he brings more energy and verve to the team, but lacks a little bit of know-how and management experience. And and I think where that stands out, Derek, is when you look at the, the teams that they've lost against Chelsea, the team's in the bottom half of the table. Newcastle, Bournemouth, West Ham, Southampton, Everton, teams that they should be getting points. And in some respects, on, on bigger days, in London derbies like today, I, I, I kind of worry about them less. This was the reverse fixture yeah. at Arsenal when they won the game late. Yet this Chelsea team have to understand that three points against Bournemouth or, or Southampton are as important as three points against Arsenal or, or, or Spurs. And when I was in, in, in my Wimbledon team, we used to go to some of those big clubs and know that they didn't like fanciers. They weren't going to be up for the games. And we'd go and steal the points. This Chelsea team have to be like Chelsea teams of the past under Mourinho and under Conte, who won those games and went on to win titles. So you can see there's some optimism, Robbie Musto, in the Chelsea camp. What about Arsenal? Not so much, I think, at the moment. I think it's been a season of realisation. It really has. And so often at Arsenal, it's been about the manager. But actually... It's more than the manager issues at Arsenal Football Club. Now, I think, you know, Arsene Wenger was wanted out for a long period of time. Who the next guy, Nuno Emery, couldn't get it right. And it does seem like Mikel Arteta is a good fit right now. But it's not about the manager. We're seeing that now. Yes, they've got a few injuries, but you're seeing a, a team that looks more well, uh, better organised. I think more compact. It looks like it's coached better. But they're just not very good. And the squad's very average. The years of, of poor to average recruitment you're seeing it now. You're seeing it because there's been different managers and they've got a good guy in there that, that set them up in a, in a manner that looks absolutely right. But they're uninspiring, poor signings, uh, players that, that you expect more from, players that for me, I'm not sure whether they're going to be good Arsenal players or not. I'm thinking of um, Lucas Torreira or Genduzzi. You know, some of the young players, are they going to be good enough? Nicola Pepe, is he, is he a good signing or is he not so good? So lots of issues right now. And we, we know the Liverpool Football Club, and of course it's not easy. 
they showed everybody a path to rebuilding and to ultimately getting successful. And one of these two teams, or maybe both of them will try and do that. I think Chelsea will be closer, given their history and given their ownership, than, than Arsenal to get back in the winning ways. The, Arsenal fans need to be very patient right now. The realisation, Rob, that, that Robbie talks about, I, I watched the game against Sheffield United at the weekend, a 1-1 draw. Sheffield United are a better balanced team than Arsenal right now. John Fleck, John Lundstrom influence the game more than Mesut Ozil, who's probably earning 10 times what those guys are earning. And the problem that Arsenal have is, I look through each of the units, Aubameyang wasn't playing. You say, as a front line, I think there's, there's enough. Midfield, there's no defensive pillar to anchor that team. Defensively, I know full-backs have rotated. There's not a centre-back pairing that you can build on that gives you a chance. And the goalkeeper, Bert Leno, I still don't think is good enough. So there's issues for, for Arteta across this, the whole group. He needs time, he needs money, and, and he needs good recruitment to get him back on the, on the road. Robbie, briefly, just to get your thoughts on where Chelsea are heading. Has Frank Lampard been a bit lucky? When you think about last year under Maurizio Sarri, this time last year, it was chaos. Nobody was happy, but Frank Lampard mm. has been given a bit more time by most. Yeah, I think so, and rightly so. And it's not been a, an easy job. The best player's gone, and it's, of course, young players with a transfer ban. They're in a good spot. I like where Chelsea are right now. They're exactly as I expect them to be. A little bit inconsistent because of some of the young players. Frank Lampard in his press conference has talked about what the priority is. It's with goals. He wants goals across his front line. Tommy Abraham has done a brilliant job. Good to, uh, goals tally right now. But the wide players, and Pulisic, one of those, Hudson Adoy, uh, Willian, Pedro, haven't been chipping in with enough, go enough goals. And he is ready to go into the January market to find somebody who can, can do that. I mean, who saw that coming, in all honesty? The way Arsenal, Robbie Earl, acquitted themselves yeah. in the first half, David Luiz sent off, yeah. they couldn't muster a shot. Mm. Football. Huge credit to, to Arsenal Football Club. 64 minutes with 10 men to, to, get the, to get a result. From Chelsea's point of view, even at 2-1 winning, I don't think Frank will be happy. Drawing 2-2, I think he'll be furious with, with what he's seen. We talked about the start before the game that there's the young players coming in have brought an energy and a verve, but they've lacked know-how in game management. Their game management today, when you get yourselves 2-1 up, you have to do whatever is required to make sure you win that game. And their top four position now is un un under challenge. Manchester United, if they win tomorrow, there'll be three points difference. The next three games for, for Chelsea, Leicester City, Manchester United, Spurs. They could be out of the top four by the time we get to those games. I think the media, Robbie Mostow, have been pretty kind to Frank Lampard so far. But will the tone change on the back of this? I'm not sure it'll change too much. Some bad mistakes from Chelsea, yes. And he talked about it after the last game, that they're, they're not ruthless enough. I totally agree. Not ruthless enough. Go for the... Put them away. They've got a man less. You're in control of the game, in total control. Go and score another goal. We know that some of the players are not delivering enough goals. Frank Lampard's talked about that, wanting to bring in more goals, maybe goal-scoring wingers. But absolutely in total control. But I'd rather talk about Arsenal. Arsenal, there's three people that deserve a lot of credit today. Mikel Arteta, maybe we'll talk about him, how he managed that game. Gabriel Martinelli and Bukayo Saka. Those, two, those last two names, 18-year-old young players in that team away from home with 10 men in a London derby and they've got energy and passion and quality. I thought they were brilliant today. Yeah, I mean, they stood out. And yeah. the story is Arsenal, really, if you're looking at the positive story, uh, isn't Absolutely. It? And in this reverse fixture with Chelsea 1-2-1, it was all about Frank celebrating with, with, with his fans. Mikel Arteta, as Robbie said, deserves a lot of credit. Some young players who, who've got through a really difficult place. You're going to Stamford Bridge, you're down to 10 men, you know, an experienced centre-back's not made a, a good... 
pass back and put you in trouble. Some of those young kids have grown up in Arsenal's team where we've still seen a lot of the similar things with Chelsea young players where you've got to learn. This is experience now. This is a Premier League. and you've, When you get ahead, you've got to hang on to that for, for your life. And, and, a, and a new spirit amongst these Arsenal players that we haven't seen for a long time. We just haven't seen this kind of togetherness and working together and, and believing they can get something out of the game and going at a game away from home. That's what Arteta's done. Apart from everything else, good key decisions in substitutions are key it's moments. Interesting, it he went for Gendouzi and took off Ozil. Ozil's your, your yeah. star man in, in, in your football club. Yeah. He got on a bit more energy and legs in Gendouzi and ends up getting a Critically, result. he mm. kept on Nicola Pepe and yeah. Gabriel Martinelli, the two players with pace. It wasn't a Pepe's day again today, but Martinelli... I mean, quick. I mean, that goal, he looked like he's jogging, but he's sprinting away from players and great composure to score. So, very, very good. Yep, superbly taken by Martinelli. Heroes are plenty for Arsenal. Let's catch up with a couple of them. Hector Begarin, who scored one of the goals, and Granit Xhaka. Granit, congratulations. That is a huge point. It must feel like so much more. Yeah, I think um, we played um, very well um, after the red card. Uh, so difficult always uh, with one, one man less. But um, great uh, team spirit. Um, we were speaking in half time. We can do it, and uh, we come twice back. And yeah, very proud of the team. And Hector, come back in every sense for you. Come back into the team, and then of course the result as well. What a wonderful goal! Uh, yeah, uh, I mean everything is uh, as Granite says. Due to the teamwork, you know, it was a really, really, really hard game uh, as it was. Then uh, with ten men, uh, losing on a very important player for us, you know, especially in defence. And uh, we turned it around uh, since the since the minute that he got sent off. And uh, at half time, we were only one down. We saw that there was an opportunity to to get back into the game, and everyone fought. Everyone was defending in the box in that second half, especially. And that's that's what you need. And and you earn points like this, playing like that sometimes. To respond twice with ten men, that says something. It is. It is. Uh, you know, we're a team that uh, we're always looking to improve, and uh, we know that one of the things that we do is uh, to be together, to defend together, to to you know, don't give up until the until the final whistle. And um, today, this feels like, as you say, much more than a point. Because Mikel Arteta has been talking about wanting to see more character, more steel in the side, and particularly when he had such a disastrous start—not just a penalty, but a red card as well for David. I think after this game, nobody have to speak about us uh, because uh, we show big character today. Um, a lot of people spoke about us. We are not ready. We have no character in the team. But I think after this game, everyone have to make a big eyes. And Hector, two spectacular goals. Yours, of course, but Martinelli's goals. 67-yard run, almost from a, well, straight from a corner, 13 seconds. Yeah, uh, counter-attacks are one of the things that, uh, you know, they're important in, in the game nowadays. And uh, Gabi took it really well. He was uh, very calm in front of the goal. You know, sometimes when you've got so much time to, to think, it gets a bit difficult, but he finished it really well. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we practice. That's what we do in training every day. And, uh, and it's great to, to come out with one point. You're enjoying life with Mikel Arteta, aren't you? And you were very, very impressive as a centre-half, did evening. A new position for you, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I hope it's not the, the new position now. Um, I think um, he knows I can play there as well and I, I, I try to help the team and yeah, I'm happy with the guys around, make me uh, easier today and very happy. Well, all 10 men could have been man of the match and the two of you, of course, were huge contenders, but Hector just nicks it for that goal, if you could do the honours for me. I didn't know so, we have a good left back, uh, left uh, <laughs> fit, but it's bad after the operation. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Mikael, a big result tonight. Is, is that a turning point in many respects for your team? 
I don't know, time will tell, but um, at least I saw a reaction. And um, what I demand always to them is never give up. It doesn't matter the circumstances, it doesn't matter what happens. We have to keep doing what we have to do and play with the spirit that we played every three days. And you've seen that throughout this performance tonight, haven't you? Absolutely. And I'm so proud uh, about the team and how they reacted, how they step up. When a team makes a, a teammate makes a mistake, someone gets sent off and they have to protect their back. And that's what they did, all of them. And you scored two fantastic goals. I mean, Martinelli, what a run that was. Were you thinking of taking him off a bit earlier? We thought about taking everybody off because obviously the energy goes down, goes going down, and every five minutes somebody was cramping. So we changed our mind a few times, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point at the end. Obviously, considering the circumstances on the game, it makes this point good. And of course, it was a disastrous start, wasn't it? Not only the penalty, but the red card as well. So to pick yourselves up after that was quite impressive. Yeah, and to this place, I said to the team, I want to see how you behave in this stadium. You know, come here against a big team. We are hoping to to fight to stay in the race for the Champions League until the end. And if you want to do that, you have to come here and you have to win. And uh, and the way they did it, it was it was brilliant. And to pick out another couple of individuals, Hector Bellerin, of course, returned from very long injury setbacks to score a fantastic goal. And Granit Xhaka slipping into a centre half position and, and looked very very comfortable. When you are willing, when you have the spirit and you have the attitude to do it, you can play anywhere on the pitch. Instead of complaining, they stepped up. They tried to help the team as much as possible. I asked Hector if he was going to be ready for today and the first answer was, boss, I'm ready. So let's go. These things happen in football. When you want to play, you enjoy your profession after these good moments come. So the trick is now to take this and build on it. Absolutely. And not, not next week, but every three days. That's the demands of this football club. A clearly very happy Mikel Arteta. And Robbie Musto, you can understand why. Is there something that Arsenal fans can hang their hats on now with three games to come against sides from the lower reaches of the table? Yeah, I mean, hanging their hats, uh, they might still be a little bit reticent to do that. But I think there's, there's really good signs there. And I think we learned quite a bit today. We learned a lot, a lot about Arsenal. We learned about the manager. In-game decisions tactical decisions, allowing three forwards to stay in the game. A lot of people there in that kind of game would have pulled off one of those front players and been a little bit more conservative. He played Mesut Ozil in the middle of midfield because he could potentially play those three players in. He came off later on, but again, that was a brave move. And I think when, you, when you're seeing the spirit now and the effort and the energy and the motivation that he's brought into the play, that's another positive. And the younger players, I'll say it again, Sacra Martinelli, I mean, you know, I, I wish I'd have got a man of the match shout because their work on that left-hand side, I mean, they're, they're playing right together. The two 18-year-olds in that game away from home, I thought remarkable. And, and that has to be encouraging for the Arsenal fans. They know they need better players. They know the squad's not good enough. To be, you know, they're mid-table right now. But I think with, with better players and with that managerial ability early on, I know, mm. that will give them encouragement. Robbie? I think Michael Arteta's reign has needed a, a signature victory. They, won't, they beat Manchester United on, on New Year's Day. But I think today is probably the signature performance that he's needed. There was questions today. You're 1-0 down, you're 2-1 down, you're 10 men, you're at Chelsea, they're fourth in the league. They come back in and get, and get, get a draw. In the manner that they get the draw, some young players have, have gone through difficult moments to get there. And one person I'm going to mention who's not been my favourite, Granit Xhaka, mm, by the way, I in central midfield... Yeah. Sticks him at centre-back, and, and, and to me, he was probably the best defender they had on the pitch. Was committed, was spirited, and he said in, in his interview, people have got to stop 
sort of having a go at our character. And you know what? I'm going to stop having a go at the character. And I'm going to see now because today was a day when Arsenal Football Club and the team had plenty of excuses not to, not to get anything. Well, we got to 10 men. Well, we were 1-0 down. Well, we were 2-1 down. But they fought and they harried and they drove for the, for the manager. And that's great signs for Mikel Arteta that he's got a group of players who will fight for him till the end. Frank, uh, just sum up how you're feeling. Frustrated, annoyed? Uh, all frustrated because you want to win a game. Um, we started well, we get our goal, they go down to 10 men. Uh, from then on, you know, there were some moments where they had a bit of possession, but you know, we have to do better to, to score the extra goal. And then we have two errors, really, that, um, that gift them goals. The, the first one from the corner, it's not the slip later on from Kante, it's the fact that we don't defend the edge of the box um, and lock them in. Uh, and that's people not doing their jobs that they should know. And then the second goal is so soft, a soft goal to come inside. So it um, just shows you this level. Um, moments like that just lose your points. You've spoken about it a lot. Why aren't this Chelsea team killing off games when you're 1-0 up against 10 men? Is that easier said than done? I'll finish. We're getting in the box. Like We could have had three or four goals today um, before the 10 men situation and then after that, having shots, having crosses, um, lots of ooh moments. The crowd are like, oh, and it's nearly there and crosses fly. You know, that's just clinical. We can we can work and get in on, up into the 18-yard box and then when game day comes, that's when you've got to have a killer instinct. We haven't got it at the minute. Do you think the nervousness of the crowd, because the crowd can sense it as well, was affecting your players? No, but it's, some of it is for our players to, to drive that, and um, we can't be nervous. Listen, we might be a bit young, we might have a bit of, a bit of transition about us, but uh, we have to have personality to deal with different parts of the game, and if we're nervous, the crowd feel nervous. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just that's not nothing on the crowd, that's on us. Do you think you need more experience on the pitch at key times in the game, do you think? I don't know about experience. I'm not a big, massive believer in, in the age and looking at age too much. We do have some experience in our team. Um, and do we need to be able to stick the ball in the back of the net more? Yes, that, that's clear because we our chance conversion is one of the worst in the league. So we get there a lot and we don't finish it. Um, that's something we've got to look at. Do you think that means you'll definitely bring a striker in before the end of January? There's definitely, there's not a definitely because you, you never know. But I think I've spoken about that a lot and we're looking because it's. Um, it's a fine line with football and uh, to, to get the results to get to where you want to be as I say you can get up the pitch a lot you can create a lot if you don't score enough goals then you won't win enough games I think if I said to you you're in January and you'd be fourth in the league a couple of points clear of fifth place you would have taken it but you keep slipping up and letting these teams back in you sort of need to put a run of results now together in the yeah. Premier especially with the teams you've got coming up yeah clearly it's a tough run coming up and um We've put in a lot of performances like this. They're frustrating because you can't say we played terribly. Sometimes it's easier to say we played really poor today and lost. There's a couple of games like that, but there's a lot of games where we go small errors, didn't take our chances, um, and but that's just as important. We, we have to get that right. I'm, I'm pleased to be fourth. I want a lot more. We should have a lot more points from the way we've been playing, um, and that's an issue that we have to get right. Understandable that we want to start with Manchester United today. They were involved in our live game against Burnley, 3.15 Eastern time kickoff. Robbie Mostow, the state of play as regards United with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer having been in charge for 13 months. Well, he's been trusted in uh, rebuilding the squad. Probably the biggest rebuild for decades, really, given what's happened before, given the waste of money, the amount of money spent since Alex Ferguson. Um, and he's changed. he wants to change a culture. He wants to change a philosophy of signing players. He's allowed big-name players to leave the football club. Um, he stripped it right back, if you like. He's made some signings of younger players. And we're seeing the result of that right now. Some good moments, some bad moments. What the most important thing now is, is to add to it now, 
You've stripped it away. The squad is nowhere near what it needs to be to challenge where they want to be a club like Manchester United. So they've got to add players. They've got to add in January. They've got to add in summer because, you know, the squad, I wouldn't say it's limping along, but it's just doing OK. And I think with the squad it is, as it is right now and the way that he's coached it is OK. But this, this club needs to be more than OK. And that's where fans might be a little bit nervous. Again, we always go back to, I do, uh, Ed Woodward and how he oversees the recruitment and tries to attract the players and sign the players, etc., etc. Because that really is how this current manager is going to live and die from the next few signings and how that affects this first eleven. Because right now, it's OK, but it's not great. Yep. Edward, we're clearly a big player in all of this. Robbie Earle, mm. fifth place as yeah. things stand. Is that where United ought to be based on the talent in the squad? Not necessarily, or I think they should, should be looking at top four. They beat Chelsea first game of the season 4-0. Chelsea have gone on to do better things. When we're talking to Manchester United, though, we're talking about past and history. What they have right now is an inexperienced manager, a non-existent football structure, and Robbie must have talked about the plan. Let, let's concentrate on the plan right now. What's the plan for January? because we've had nothing come in. Mm. Bruno Fernandes is another example of the poor execution that Manchester United do. Seem to be miles apart. Seem to be miles apart again. No football intelligence. You've got an emergency situation with Marcus Rashford. Now he's out. 14 goals, top scorer. You've got the Premier League, you've got the top four to aim for, the Europa League, the FA Cup and the League Cup. You need an emergency striker. Where's their football intelligence to go around Europe and find somebody for six months from one of maybe with the big clubs, somebody who can come in and do a, do a job for them for the next six months? They don't have that at the moment. And when you look back at, at this football club, to attract good players, the top kind of players they want, good players want to go to a successful football club and work for a successful manager. And right now, you'd have to say Manchester United haven't proved they've got either of those two things. Do you go along with that? Yeah, I think I always go back to the structure of the football club. And what we've seen since Sir Alex is different managers coming in and picking their players. It's the old school way of doing it. The football manager, he manages everything. And we're seeing it again right now. So from then to now, nothing's changed in the way that they do business. Ed Woodward is going to oversee and try and bring in the players. And the manager's going to say to Ed Woodward, I want him, I want him, I don't want him. I'll let Lukaku go, I'll let Alexis Sanchez go, I'll let uh, Herrera go. And let's be really careful about who we bring in. So he has got that power. And that's what, what, what I always get back to. It's like, wow, this, this inexperienced manager that's done some work before, but nowhere near, you'd think, to, to be given the trust of, of overseeing a massive rebuild at Manchester United. And that's where I have a problem, given other managers that might be available. The contrast when you, when you think of Liverpool and, and that one of their biggest rivals, there's an experienced manager goes in there, a football club a little bit like Manchester United that was falling away. They have a transfer committee put in place that people were, were sort of laughing at at the yeah. time. In four years, Jurgen Klopp has, has built an absolute dynasty of that football club, a juggernaut that, that keeps on going. Minamino, they signed from Red, um, Red Bull Salzburg for $9.5 million, knew where the release clause was, Football intelligence, got them around it, nipped to play before anyone else can do that. Manchester United are neither that nimble or that intelligent at the moment. And while that continues, they're going to keep on falling behind. And just a, a brief line on the ownership. The ownership has spent, as we said, like a billion dollars, over a billion dollars on new players. They've put the money in, but a decision in terms of the structure, they haven't changed. And Ed Woodward has got to be changed from being football side to just commercial and somebody else to run the football side. Robbie Earl, let me start mm. with you. A lot of possession, but no penetration from United. Forget, forget possession, Derek. Mm. I mean, I hope 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't come out and try and defend that. That's about as bad as it gets. And in all the time I've played against Manchester United, worked in the media and gone to Manchester United games, I've never seen that stadium as empty as it was. The director's looking to try and find the shot of the fan that's disappointed. He can't find any. They're gone. They're gone. And... That football club right there, what, what we saw today is a Manchester United team, we saw the numbers, who are four points above Burnley, who are 30 points behind Liverpool, and Liverpool are game of hand. Manchester United right now are closer to Burnley Football Club than they are to Liverpool Football Club. Robbie Moster. Just an alarming lack of quality, Derek. Alarming lack of quality. Nick Pope, did he ever save? I mean, hardly anything in the second half, certainly. A couple of half chances that, that dribbled into his hands. I mean, it's a result of, we just saw it, the data, in fact, of, of years of poor recruitment and the philosophy right now of stripping away some of the, you know, the, the older players and some of the Lukaku's and Alexis and stuff like that to be left with a younger, um, more hungry squad. Well, that's OK, but you've got to have quality. If you're in United, you've got to have quality. And to get to anywhere near... My goodness, they've got to have some big signings. They've got to have some successful signings. You know, we've seen before this football club spend a lot of money but you trust to get to, to do this that. point. Do you exactly trust them don't. to, to, to do that? And, and, and I feel sorry for Brandon Williams, Aaron Wambasaki, Dan James and Mason Greenwood. Young players have either come through academy have been brought to this football club. And, and back in the day, we always go to the class of 92. They had some good pros around them. Steve Bruce, Cass, um, Peter Smeichel... Um, up front, they'd have wide players or, or people who, who, who nurtured them, who moulded them, who got them, Dennis Irwin and, and, and people like that, helped them come through. Where are the good pros in this team who are helping these kids? You're seeing Brendan Williams frustrated. You're seeing Alan Wambasaka looking around, he wants a bit of help. And Harry Maguire came out last week and said, what an honour it is to be captain of this football club. Today, Ben Mee was captain of Burnley and put everything he had on the line. Looked like a captain. Looked like a captain. Harry Maguire got done for both goals today, was, was involved in both goals. He's got to understand that wearing the armband for Manchester United and just putting the captain's armband on and, and, and doing the, 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 the half-time, the handshake at the beginning of the game, he's got to, at times, drag this club back to somewhere where it, Robbie Mullins is talking what, about. It, it, how hard is it to do that? I mean, that's that's he's got to get. Well, you've he's got, got to, he's got, got, he's got to make an attempt. He's got to start to get amongst them. He's got to start to lay some foundation in that football it? club because it's just getting from bad to worse. It's like we're saying, okay, it's okay. Ma Marcus Marcus Rashford. I mean, how? I mean, he's going to be out for a while. This 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 is is how can it get any better? Two strikers for Burnley Football Club scored a goal. Mm. Now, they're not Man United calibre strikers, but they're strikers. And they, do, they did what strikers are trying to do. Get on the end of things, score goals. Mm. Anthony Martial, nothing. Yeah. And, you th and, you, and we know that we always thought it was a big risk of Rashford and Martial to be the strikers of this football club. We weren't sure whether they'd have the personality to do it. Rashford, to be fair to him, has done a great job. But they're both wide players. They're both goal-scoring wide players. They need a striker. They need creative midfield players. They need so many players, Derek. And, and the longer it goes on, Rob, mm. and the more people around the world and agents look at this, the state of Man United with an inexperienced manager, and it's not all on a good social's fault, but who are they going to attract? Who's going to want to go into that situation? Well, who's in the plan, Rob? Who's, who's in the plan? We keep hearing about the plan. We talked to start the show about well, the, pl the plan, the plan that Manchester United is. Young, hungry right, players. Right now, they need a striker to come and help these young players in the team. They need a striker. They need somebody on loan if it's for six months. They'll buy somebody for 18 months who gets them out of a hole. I'll tell you, I, I don't think they'll, they'll be in a position to do that. I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to buy some players that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants and fits his plan and his, and his um, idea of how to go forward. He'll lose his job. 
Somebody else will come in and he'll get his different place. Mm -hmm. It's going to continue and continue until Edward Wood sticks to commercial and somebody comes in as director of football and decides and dictates, this is Man United, this is the sort of player we're going to go for, and whichever coach we hire in the future is going to fit this philosophy of the signings that we're going to take. Instead of each manager coming in and buying his own players in his own way, and, and, that, and, and I, I think I said at the start of the season, nothing's changed, Derek. Edward Wood is, is, is hired and fired different managers with a different scattergun approach to recruitment. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get it in January, in the summer. Uh, I tell you, it's difficult to see a way out right now. And I've heard from a lot of people this season talking about the lack of atmosphere at Old Trafford. <laughs> that was the low point. Mm. That, that could be a tipping point today yeah. for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It doesn't get much, much worse than that. Mm. Sean, you must be proud of that performance. Every aspect of it, the performance of the defence, the goals, everything worked tonight. Yeah, very pleased. It's a tough place to come. We know that. They've only had one loss here this season until now. And, you know, we didn't come here expecting to dominate the ball. We often don't, but we know that we're going to do the basics well. Um, I said you might need a quiet night from them. That's for them to decide whether it was or it wasn't. But, you know, I thought we, we put in a real good shift, really well organised tonight. The, the team delivered that um, and two sublime goals. Fantastic celebrations from your fans, of course. It's a first win at Old Trafford in 58 years. You're in the record books. Well, I'm pleased to say we're in the record books for a lot of reasons, the varying groups I've had here. Um, it's another one tonight. It's the tenth time I think we've played them already in the programme, actually. So, no, very pleased for that. Pleased for the fans. You know, they've had some ups and downs this season, but we've come out with two big wins against two top sides. So we're pleased with that. One home, one away, of course. Nice clean sheet. I mean, there's so many positives tonight. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. That's just how football works. Well, football was working pretty satisfactorily for Sean Dyche in this case. His first ever win against Manchester mm. United, Robbie. And there's never anything spectacular with Burnley. You know what you're going to get, but they Absolutely. do it so efficiently, don't they? They ask questions, basically, on how, how committed are you? Yeah. How, how are you going to put your head in? How many times are you going to block? How many times are you going to follow runners? They, they do all the basic things well, and they're going to ask questions of you. And tonight, Manchester United just weren't able to or, or didn't have the drive enough to, to, to match them in, in those areas. They had quality finishes in the end. Let's remember, back-to-back -back wins now, Leicester City and, and Man Manchester United, six huge points that almost starts to make them look safe in the league. It's yeah, on, the back, we, on the back of four losses as well, yeah. though, wasn't it? So we're getting worried about there. them. We're getting worried about them, but, but you, know, you just start to think, a little bit like Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, is the message getting a little bit old from the manager? Absolutely not. When you have to kind of, you know, give them a shake and, and get them to believe in themselves, they've done it. 4-4-2 pretty much at yeah. Old Trafford. You know, he's brave with his system to play two strikers uh, away at, at Old Trafford. So he deserves it all and it just shows you, you know, when, he, when he's needed and this squad is needed to step up a little bit with the relegation situation getting close, they're good enough to do that and it's a fantastic performance. It's almost like he asked a question of his Burnley team and yeah. got a response. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer asked a question of Manchester United and didn't get anything. No, that's true. Ollie, you've beaten fair and square tonight. Is that a fair reflection? Yeah, very... Hold the hands up wasn't wasn't good enough. You know when you uh, the first half we create some half openings. We're not sharp enough to take our chances, and then you know when you don't do that, you you're there to be punished. And we we were they uh, they were clinical, they were efficient, and uh, they defended well. So we we couldn't uh, open them up. What have you been saying to the players in that dressing room? What's been missing there? Is it fear? Is it a lack of confidence? What is it? You know, the boys are giving everything they've got. They are experiencing this period for the first time in their life, some of them, and it's very, very difficult for them. It's, you know, the expectations at this club as well is high, 
and some of them they played 10, 12, 15 games and uh, it's it's not easy for them so of course I'm, I'm going to back them uh, I'm going to be here to, to help them get through this because uh, that's you know when you're at Man United there's always going to be criticism and we hold our hands up now there's, <laughs> we, we can't do anything but hold our hands up and say this isn't, isn't good enough for this club I understand you've got injuries, you're in a state of transition in some respects with young players, but it's still the worst league start for 30 years. Yeah, and uh, but that's, uh, you know, you can, you can talk about that all day long, and of course we're disappointed in the points tally, our performances, we're still fifth in the table, which I don't want to hang on to that we're fifth in the table. Um, but of course, yeah, we we work every single day with these boys to uh, to improve and to get to get us uh, performing better than this. And people can see what's missing, and people can see what you need. Are you getting the support that you require to to, to change that? Yeah, we're looking for uh, to to improve. Yeah, definitely. And we we know as well. We've got our targets, and of course, we days like this highlights more how well some of them have done so far in the season you know that some of the results and performances we've had have been fantastic today probably that's the second defeat now at home it's the first since August and we've I, th- I thought we'd turn that corner winning games like this and but we haven't clearly and uh, keep chipping away but I also talk about support in terms of recruitment because yeah, it's clearly I understood, needed. I understood you were talking about that, and uh, uh, that's always going to be uh, the talk uh, at the moment because uh, we've uh, we've started a, a clear out and uh, get players in uh, job, and now it's a transfer window. So of course uh, I'm going to be answering these questions until um, until it's closed. Yeah. So. Um, and we're working on things. Because United are one of the biggest clubs in the world and people are waiting to see United deliver it as one of the biggest clubs in the world in the transfer market. Yeah, but for me, the most important thing, or we have to perform on the pitch, and today wasn't good enough for a Man United team. Thanks, Ali. Cheers. Very interesting exchange there. Des Kelly, the interview, twice asking him, Robbie Musto, about supports and is he getting the supports he required. He was a bit sheepish with regard to the first answer. Does it come down to support that he's not getting? Or is it just about the manager? Is it just about the players? Of course, the support has to be there for him. Um, They've shown before that they have spent money. He needs it right now. I just feel a little bit for him, you know, because it's hard for me to be critical of that guy there because he shouldn't be in that position. Should he really be managing Manchester United, Rob? You know what I mean? It's, it's such a big job in such a difficult period in their, in their history, if you like, going from Sir Alex Ferguson to different managers to letting a lot of players go that were star players in some ways and rebuilding. I mean, we all know, of course, there's nothing in his resume as a manager that, that says he can do it and he's doing the best that he can. But when he says, you know, they give everything they've got, oh, so that's it then, is it? And some players have played like 10, 12, 15 games. Well... That's not many games. Mm. He's put himself and those young players in a really difficult situation where everybody is is spotlighting these players and this team and this manager in a so difficult situation that he shouldn't be there. And, And that's their own making. Ed Woodward, again, hired him. 
at the top of a great run instead of being more patient and more considered and wait till the summer. I thought it was interesting. He said, we mm. hold our hands up, yeah. but I back my players. I mean, it yeah. almost sounds like a contradiction in terms of that, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's trying to send a message back to the dressing room. I take a little bit of what Robbie says in that I thought that was a difficult lesson and, and we're neutrals. It must be a difficult lesson if you're, if you're a Manchester United um, fan, watching the manager sort of squirm, talk about, don't tell me about Burnley, what they did. I saw that, by the way. Mm. Burnley, Burnley did their job well. Let's talk about you and your job and the expectations at Manchester United. You don't pay world record fees for Harry Maguire and not have any expectations. That, that's exactly why you're paying that. You get the kids through your academy and build them through because you, you want them to be that level. At the moment, this guy has had Premier League experience with Cardiff, took him down, went to Moulder and managed. That is all he's falling back on at one of the biggest clubs in, in, in the world with one of the biggest problems and rebuilds that we've ever seen in, in the Premier League. From where they're going and, and the way they're heading, he's not the right guy. It's almost like you feel sorry for him, as Robbie said, to be in this position. Who's he talking to? Who, who does, he, can, does he have an arm round? Ed Woodward. Is there any other football person in, in, that, in that structure who can be helping him, guiding him, can be helping him through this, these difficult situations? Yeah, you've got to say, at the moment, he is floundering. Let's hear from one of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's players, Daniel James. Um, your manager has just said that wasn't good enough from Manchester United. Is that fair? Yeah, 100%. It's fair. Um, I think we know at the fans don't say that, yeah, it was, wasn't good enough. Is it possible to explain why it didn't click tonight? Um, no, not really. I think from I mean the the whole game. Um, I just don't. I don't think good enough. We didn't take our we didn't take our chances well. Um, obviously, we conceded two goals. So, twenty-four uh, attempt on goal. I think United had tonight as well. Yeah, as I said, um, taking chances. Uh, need to do it better, and that ended up in as I was getting a defeat today. First Premier League defeat since August, to sort of maybe put it into perspective. Is, is confidence maybe an issue at the moment? No, I don't think so. Um, I think obviously we're all confident going into every game. Um, but as I said, today we just uh, we just uh, work up to standards. We need to, we need to get back up there. I think you heard yourself, the, the fans were upset at the final whistle. Is there, is there anything that you can say to them to persuade them or to show them that there, there is light at the end of the tunnel for you guys? Just uh, for, for the fans and just stick by us like you always do. Um, we'll, we'll definitely come out on top of this uh, today obviously wasn't good enough but we're, we're going to react from that Two cup matches coming up now FA Cup at, at the weekend and then the League Cup semi-final two games that arguably could make it feel an awful lot better with two wins Yeah, two massive games obviously the, the FA Cup in the weekend and the Carabao Cup in the week uh, for us obviously we don't know we're playing yet but we've, we've got to go into that obviously we're heads held high and we've got to react from today um, two important competitions that we want to do very well in so just finally then, back at Carrington tomorrow, presumably. What, what's the first step for you, do you think, when you get back in there? Just uh, obviously reflect on today, uh, move forward and, and look forward to the next games and obviously react from today. Daniel James, a young player having to face the music. Now, this is really interesting. First 32 games under Jose Mourinho for Manchester United. 17 wins, three defeats only, 14 clean sheets, a very healthy goal difference. Under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, these are matches since he became permanent boss. More defeats than wins. This is Manchester United we're talking about, guys. I'll tell you what, Derek, you know, I look at Dan James there and he's done well. And he sort of says there that they all can do better and it's not good enough. 
I expect a game like that from Dan James sometimes. Yep. I don't expect him to be brilliant every single week at that football club. Andres Pereira, I expect a game like that from him. Sometimes he's, he's, he looks OK, mostly, not, not you know, pretty average. One matter. Some moments he'll be good. You, you can go through the team. Martial, inconsistent. So that, even though, you know, everybody can say it's not good enough, not acceptable, but actually, you're going to get that performance now and again. We said it from, on, our, on our podcast show from day one. There's going to be some good and some bad by Manchester United. And I think that's absolutely been the case. And with this squad, I wouldn't expect them to be good the majority of the time because of the players they've signed and because of the age and because of the experience and because, you know, they're just not ready to be star players in Man United. Is that I think, fair? I think where we're getting, though, is how bad is bad? How bad is yeah. acceptable? How bad today when fans are walking out of the thing? There's no entertainment, Derek. The, the best two goals, the, the two goals have come from Burnley players. The Jay Rodriguez goal is a goal that Manchester United used to score with a Giggs or a Beckham or a Solskjaer or one of those. Manchester United had none of that today. We talk about 24 shots, seven on target. Nick Pope could have played in pipe and slippers today. There was nothing coming that was really hurting him or giving him, giving him a problem. And, and so, and I felt a bit for Dan James because, and I'm sure Harry Maguire's doing his interview somewhere, but do you know what? Captain of the football club. Yeah. Grab hold of it. Come and tell us why we were bad today and why we'll be working in the dressing room. Come and say, not have Dan James, who's his first season in the Premier League. He's played, what, 20-odd games his whole career. Started really well. Things have dipped off a little bit for him. That's where I'm talking about experience. That's when I'm talking about being looked after in, in that dressing room so that these young kids can grow in an environment and come through, come through this out of the other side. Do you agree, Robbie? Yeah. Uh, until there's a change in the director of football situation or in my opinion, the manager, this is the way we're going to go on. It's the way we're going to go on. Absolutely for sure. Now, Michel Pochettino is sat, and whether he can't take a job until the summer, whatever details of that, we don't know. It's more if, likely to happen then, isn't it, 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 it? Yeah, I mean, if, if that change is made in the summer, I think United fans will say, OK, we've got a guy that, that, that's capable of, of rejigging the team. He did that when he went into Spurs, lots of changes. He, he moved young players in, developed young players, brought players in, great style of football, everything. Um, if they don't make that switch or another switch in terms of structure of the football club, why is there any reason to think it's going to get too much better? And you guys keep talking about it, but you look at any modern football club in mm. any modern football country, mm -hmm. it's not just a manager, is it, oh, being hung no out to dry. Yeah. There's a huge support staff and experienced business. people. It's a whole different business yeah. now. And, and to have Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's an inexperienced manager yeah. in that position, makes it double, right. double yeah. bad. Responsible for the coach of the team and the recruitment. Mm. I mean, that's an incredible job for him to get, <laughs> given what he's done before in a game. And, he, and he's a great guy and he's a legend of the football club. But that's difficult to, to be able to fulfil the expectations of this, this great club. Might have worked 30 years ago, but not in this era. Liverpool, first of all, do you agree that things have changed a bit? I've even heard it said, Jamie Carragher, our mm. colleague at Sky, has said recently that they're not quite as easy on the eye, Liverpool, as they were. But I don't suppose any Liverpool fan is that bothered. No, and I think what Jamie's trying to say is maybe not swashbuckling, maybe not the goals, the attacking threat. But beauty comes in, in many different guises, and the beauty that, uh, that Liverpool have, and it's something that Jim touched on, the intensity and work rate of, the, of this team, I think, is unique. There's been title winners in the past who beat you with great ability, who beat you with individual skill, who beat you with wingers who've got pace and all those things. This Liverpool team have an unbridled work, work ethic 
have such a work rate that I think blows opposition away. I think is why we're talking about a 39-game un 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 unbeaten run, why we're talking about the, the kind of records they're looking to set. They have the drive of Leicester City, but the talent of Manchester City. And, and that combination makes them irresistible. And we're getting to the stage where 39 times now, somebody sitting in your seat has said, is this the day Liverpool you know, don't <laughs> yeah. turn up? And they've had no bad day at the offices. They haven't had a cold one day. They've not got out of bed one day because every day they bring that work ethic and that work rate. So regardless of what Wolverhampton Wonders do, Liverpool have a way of saying, well, our work rate will give us a chance. And, and back in the day, we used to play some teams. And the first thing we did when the team sheet came out was look down the team sheet <laughs> and we said, God, he's playing, he's playing, he's playing. And sometimes you look at the opposition, you think they're better than us. Yeah. But what we had now, Justin, we would say we're going to work harder contest more, fight for every ball, and we will get something from the game. And that's because we didn't have the ability. Liverpool do that same thing and have got stars all over the football pitch. Wolves have stars as mm -hmm. well. I think they're a very intriguing proposition when you yeah. look at how Nuno has built this team. Mm. And they could damage Liverpool today, couldn't they? It was really interesting in um, Jurgen Klopp's uh, press conference yeah. today. He said that Wolves stretch the pitch probably bigger and better than any other team. By what he means by that is the back three spread out when they have the ball. The midfield four get wide and those wing-backs we know push on. And then you've got Traore's pace and, and Mimanez's strength up front. So he said they make the pitch so big that you really have to work hard to get closing down and make things happen. So we'll see how that plays out in the game. But I think Wolves have certainly got the respect of Liverpool and they certainly won't be taking this one lightly. The importance is the attention to detail that goes into that football club so that every player, you see them lining in the tunnel before they go out, has got every tool they can to win in the game. Let's not miss, now have any mistakes tonight. Liverpool at one point in that game would have said, we want the final whistle, we'll take a 1-1 and we'll get out of here. That's how the game was going. That's how much Wolves and Traore in particular were playing so well. But when you've got that little bit of attention to detail, that little thing that you believe in, Firmino goes to the throw and he knows exactly where the ball's going to be. He makes a run, he gets off a chance, he scores a goal, as he did against, Southampton, against Spurs recently. Whatever we say about this <laughs> Liverpool team. <laughs> I know, we you know, run out I of see words. Roberto Firmino put that in the back of the net and you go, wow. Yeah. They just do not know when they're beaten. 40 games unbeaten now and do you know what? You can see that going to maybe 50. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC Podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7am Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now.